0: Welcome to episode 197 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, Today will be the last um, draft analysis episode. So in order to mark that, we're going to do three prospects today, as promised on the last episode. Uh, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't sure if we are going to be able to do three because I just, this stuff just keeps coming up when I try to research these guys. Um, So yeah so but we were able to accomplish that we were able to go through all three guys which is jeremy sohead jalen williams and marjan Beauchamp, i believe is how you uh pronounce it uh after that we will be going over some king's news right before the draft and then we're going to end with uh the warriors winning the title uh well, on last thursday i was hoping to do an episode about that uh you know the, on the weekend but St- the stars did not align. Our scheduling, we just had so many scheduling conflicts. Uh, we just weren't able to do an episode. So here it is. Okay. All right. Let's get this show on the road. Uh, of course, to break down everything with me is Fong. Hello. How was your Father's Day?
1: Oh, not bad. Not bad. I mean, like you said, it was a pretty busy weekend. Uh, you know, Juneteenth and Father's Day fell on the same day. I mean, for those who celebrate I'm pretty sure you guys have pretty much tough times uh, finding places to eat
0: I started out the day getting a dim sum uh from mm-hmm. from a restaurant and it was like i won't i guess i won't name the restaurant uh for you for those that you live around where i live you'll know the restaurant but basically they're have they have a sh- uh staff shortage clearly. Because they have one person at the front desk. And it it's fucking Father's Day. Place is filled to the brink. My mom tried to actually um, get takeout, couldn't get on the phone. So I had to actually show up at the place. I show up at the place. That she, there's one person taking the phone, taking orders, getting people seated. I think, it all, I think it was all the same person. So she had no time for me. And when I finally put in my order, she said one hour wait. I was oh, there when geez. it opened. I was there when it opened. Wow. No really? joke. I was there when it fucking opened. So then, I'll, I'll, well, we can't do dim sum. Uh, let, let me think of stuff stuff to do. So I had a choice between getting pho or getting pizza at Mountain Mike's. I decided to go with pizza because I hadn't had Mountain Mike's in a while. And last time I had Mountain Mike's, it was really good. I got the Chicken Club, if you ever had that. Really, really good pizza. So I go to Mountain Mike's. There's, you know, it's open. Like I, just, I'm, I was just gonna go in, like order, and then go to like, um, go to a store nearby, and then just kill time, and then you know, a beautiful big pizza would be ready for me when it when it came out or when I was done. Uh, they their system malfunctioned apparently. Like it just had to be that day on oh, Father's Day. God. It just it just had to be, and then. They were saying, like, oh, you can't put an order here. You, I, I can't put an order online. They're just done. And that they were going to put a sign outside, so that's closed for today. But, oh. you know, I just happened to make it there uh, right before they put up the sign. So, yeah, horrible start to Father's Day. And then today I was supposed to ship something out of USPS. It's Juneteenth, so they they don't have a post office. Op- the post office isn't open.
1: Yeah, I totally forgot. Right. <laughs> we were gonna what you call it, honor it because you know most workplaces uh you know didn't honor it sadly and I'm pretty sure that you and I both have to go into work today sadly enough
0: yeah um we don't get the uh we don't get the was it is it a federal holiday I believe we, yeah we don't get it off unfortunately
1: yeah I mean uh hopefully next year, we'll get it off but yeah happy to those who you know celebrate it
0: well yeah hopefully your father's day just went better than i did uh if you were wondering i just went home and my mom cooked so you know that's one way to do it uh okay um that's enough rambling about uh, father's day and what we did let, let, let's start with J- jeremy sohan uh so i just have one note here all the defense
1: Pretty, pretty much <laughs> like, what do they say best in class i mean i think that's pretty much all the biggest highlight of what jeremy has
0: yeah let's start with that just every every modicum of defense you can think of he's good at outside of maybe being like an absolute elite rim protector a la a kind of draymond green or you know come on looney ish come on looney nowadays or even rudy Gobert, like outside of just being like an like a top tier rim protector he's basically good at everything great motor great instincts great on the ball great off the ball and great in health position has good steal percentages and plays hard that is a skill that is underrated he he plays hard on that end and does a lot of the dirty the work dirty work and hustles he plays he plays with a chip on his shoulders for sure and yeah, just an overall great, terrific, just incredibly smart defender.
1: Yeah, pretty much kind of like the jack of all trades when it comes to uh the defensive end, whether it's his rebounding, uh, you know, his steals, is just being a bug, I guess. I don't know what the word is. Just Passed. just being annoying, yeah, pest out on the floor. I mean, he he's got it all. Who does he
0: like? Well, well, you know what? Let's get to comparisons a little bit later on offense is not as flashy. He's mostly just a finisher. He's not really an off the dribble creator. Like he has some intriguing. He has an intriguing post game, but it's very, very raw right now. He's not really a three point shooter and or just not a shooter overall, Um, but he is good at attacking closeouts and again has a very intriguing kind of uh, post-up game but his main skill on offense is that he can really pass he only averaged 1.8 assists but those were there were some really really good reads in there
1: yeah he's definitely more of a not going to be a primary playmaker but definitely that kind of ball mover where you know he could I guess complement plays uh, when it comes to mind I guess
0: yeah. Like one of the comparisons I have, well, partly because the hair, he really reminds me of Kelly Oubre in a way hmm. just because like he's a pest, a pest on defense on the defensive end, but like really, you know, really kind of like, let's just say erratic on offense. And uh, another comparison I have is he's kind of like Rashawn to a certain degree, but like, he doesn't have Rashawn's floater, but he has the ability to pass like like you know he has the ability to pass instead of the floater and you know like basically kind of flip it with Rashad in a way because Rashad can't really pass
1: mm-hmm. yeah I could see that yeah definitely not really a self-creator in a way but uh, yeah I mean he could do the other stuff really uh, I want to say one-sided in a way but hey I mean whoever picks him up is I would be pretty interested in what kind of system that he runs <laughs> So
0: like uh, we just mentioned, like terrific all around defender, there's nothing you can really kind of like pick off about him uh, mm-hmm. on the defensive end, if you, unless you want to be really, really nitpicky. His offense leaves a lot to be desired, but one thing that, you know, always is probably the most important skill for him is this three point shooting. What do you think of his like form?
1: Yeah. um, not going to lie. I mean, it, it's okay. But when you look like up and close with how he, uh, holds the ball i mean yeah it's it's kind of weird um in my opinion he kind of looks like he shoots with both hands kind of like how i did <laughs> or i've been I, I pretty much i think i still do shoot with both hands not gonna lie when
0: is the last time you actually played
1: yeah <laughs> i don't even know
0: <laughs> yeah this obsessive thing you have of like bad shooters that shoot like you mm, i don't know <laughs> but uh anyways, uh there's part of me like my main thing with him is that his arm is at a very low angle and like his shoulder doesn't really go up on the release. Like it like we'll get to other the other two guys, like those the other two guys, like their shot looks really nice and they they're like release they're, the arm, the angle of their arm is like at a 45 degree, and like Sohan is like more of like 40 degrees or like 35 and yeah, it's a very kind of low release, and it's, he's going to need to like iron out that release if he's ever going to be consistent. Currently, he shoots a 29.7% 29, 29. on 2.7 attempts, and it's going to be a big swing skill for him on the offensive end.
1: Yeah, I mean, so far, his percentages don't look too bad. I mean, with some practice, I mean, anything could happen, uh, but definitely could be a potential, I guess, pick-and-pop kind of guy
0: so like you know the verdict of of jeremy sohan like do you think he'd be a great fit with the kings or would you or like let's just say would he be your pick which like how high would you consider him like if i just say like Hmm. rank him from like or like if you rank him from like a scale of one to ten how like like what would be your desire to draft him
1: oh okay i uh I put him at a maybe six or seven, to be honest. I if mean, I,
0: if I had to ask you to give me one number instead, if, instead of two.
1: Wait. You gave me two numbers. Okay, six and a half.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that works. Uh, so that's kind of like that's kind of likely. There's interest there, but yeah, the offensive fit is is a tough one. But he definitely provides a like one aspect of the game that Kings really need help with, which is defense. He won't solve like every issue, but granted, I don't think anyone really solves all the issues, not even like a guy like Chet, but like he he would go a long way of plugging up the defensive issues that the Kings have.
1: Oh yeah. That's for sure. The
0: the issue with him is that I don't know if he can stay on the floor, if he's not going to be a spacer like that, Mm. that, that is a concern. I would like the Kings to play like with two non spacers. You know, the I know the concern of spacing is there, but, like, the Kings don't have spacers anyways. You might as well go two guys who are really good on defense instead.
1: Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but definitely for me, not on the top of my list in terms of uh, wanting to draft him, in my opinion.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I would go with around a seven. Like, he Mm. intrigues me a lot, but, like, you would have to be able – you would have to do some shuffling around for probably Jeremy to be able to play, you know, to add more shooting. And I just don't know if the Kings could do that. So like my mm-hmm. desire to, he's a high up on my list. He's a, he's going to mm-hmm. be probably pretty good at the next level. I just don't know how there he's going to be tricky to, to like be on the floor a lot of the time. I feel just with the limitations. And I, I don't know about his shooting. And I like, unless he's somehow about irons out, like there's, there's a lot of stuff he has to fix before, you know, he, before he can fix that three point three pointer, now I don't know if it's going to be
1: possible. Mm, yeah, there's. I mean, there's always going to be a lot of what is, but hey, you know, maybe uh, him and Davion will have that Baylor connection.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he's from Baylor. Okay, uh, next guy, Jalen Williams. Now I just said all the defense with Jeremy Sohan, Jalen Williams, all of the passing, just every kind of pass imaginable.
1: Yeah, but probably some of the best passes I've seen from uh, most of the college players uh, this year too. I mean, he, I mean he's got it all in terms of But before of you
0: go on, like, who give, give me give me another <laughs> give me another guy that passes because I don't know one.
1: Mm. Halburn from this draft? Oh, from this draft? Oh, psh. yeah, no shit, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. Halburn passes. <laughs>
0: But yeah,
1: I thought we are talking about in general, but no, yeah, now that you mention it, I, uh, I can't think of one actually. Why that's good of a passer as Jalen.
0: Uh, Fong, the draft guru. Anyways, yes, all the passing with Jalen Williams, a, a passing maestro, does it with both hands terrific vision and ability to read the floor able to like like really be able to like fit passes through really really tight openings with a variety kind of deliveries like over the head you know pocket passes uh you know behind the back passes he he has it all basically and you know he he's a great like runner i guess of the pick and roll like an elite level creator in that uh, aspect, can make any pass or any read in this kind of action. Can also score out of this action. You know, ha- also has the floater game with what I call tricky footwork, like right right foot finish, right fo- right ha- or right off right foot, right hand finish, like left foot, uh, left hand finish. All of the different kinds of finishes. Like really good at using change of pace, pull up, snaking, getting to the rim and finishing using his incredible length, six six with a seven two wingspan. And, you know, he's good at using his body to protect the ball as well. Like, and, you know, he has a very, very good handle. It's not, you know, elite levels, but, like, it's, it's something that can, is going to be a thing at the next level. Like, he's, I think he's terrific. I love Jalen Williams.
1: Yeah, I really like him, too. And I'm kind of surprised he dropped this low, but I guess, um, I don't know. Do you, we'll get to his weaknesses in a bit, but do you think his weaknesses weigh him down that much to be kind of like the mid-first round? It's a good thing you bring that up. I don't know why he's
0: not above Shane Sharp. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is Shane Sharp that, like... So Shane Sharp probably is kind of like the benchmark of a guy that, like, theoretically could do a lot of the things that Jalen Williams can, but he hasn't probably hasn't shown it. But, like, there's three years of college tape. Like, uh, Williams has been in Santa Clara, I believe Santa Clara, all three years. Like, Mm -hmm. he he can handle the ball. He can shoot a little bit. Or, like, he's actually a pretty good shooter already. He's not crazy athletic, not a great first step. That's probably what dings him. But it's like, I think he's a more sure thing than a guy like, you know, taking a risk with a guy like Shane Sharp. I honestly think he should be, yes, he should at least be top ten. In my mm-hmm.
1: opinion. Yeah, maybe also his age. I mean, he's what, 21, I believe, this year. I need to check on that. Yes,
0: he's an old, old man. He's going to be 30 by the time he starts gets in the NBA.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless he lies about his age, I mean, I don't know why he's just uh, so low. And I'm kind of surprised after watching and seeing his highlights. I mean, he looks pretty polished in a lot of ways. I remember there was a joke uh, back in the day with, with Ob Toppin
0: because Ob Toppin, I believe, was twenty three when he first started, mm-hmm. and like by the time the draft started or like he, he got drafted, people were like, "Man, it feels like it feels like he got like nine years older," like oh. every time <laughs> they hear Ob Toppin. But no, like age really shouldn't be an issue. Granted, we drafted a point guard that was twenty three when he started um, in the NBA. I'm talking about Davion. Like age is is just a number, really. Like I just I don't think that should hold him back. A lot of things that do hold him back, uh, as we mentioned, not a crazy quick athlete by any means, like not a crazy. He's not crazy quick. He doesn't have an amazing first step. Not really great at creating space, at least from what I've seen. Like he he has a decent handle and can like string together moves, but he's not a guy that like stops on a dime. Like a, you know, like a perfect example. He's not like a Davion where he can just like go, go from zero to, or like a hundred to zero, like, and just cross up guys. He, I mean, he did get Chet a few times in the highlights, but like, he's really good at utilizing hesitations, chase or change of pace. And like, he attacks under control and like, he's a really good player, but yes, the, the issues with the, with like the quickness and just the, the first step is probably what ends up dragging him down, but it shouldn't drag him down to the 20s.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams can utilize him. I mean, he's probably not going to be the primary option anyway, but, I mean, as a secondary option or even, you know, third option, I I mean, he's, he's pretty much set for most teams, in my opinion. So, yeah, as you mentioned, probably not
0: good enough to be a primary uh, offensive creator yet. Maybe he won't be just because like of the lack of athleticism. But like, I think he I think he can be really good. Like Mm -hmm. and right now, just right out of college can definitely be a secondary guy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Most of his weaknesses don't seem too bad as well. I mean, his defense, I mean, it's it's whatever. I mean, he, he can improve. In some ways, in uh, the NBA, his shooting he could also improve. His burst, I mean, that's probably not going to improve. But I mean, you you never know. But, but again, he re- already knows how to use change of pace mm-hmm. and
0: stuff like that. And like in the NBA, a lot of it is going to be pick and roll, anyways. And like mm-hmm. he has great control there anyway. So like it doesn't really matter to me. Again, the athleticism, I get it. That's why like a guy like Shaden and Jaden, um, just like people love those two. And I'm su- I'm just surprised. Like it just weighs down a guy like Jalen so much. Um, you talked about his shooting. He shot 39% on on 3.2 attempts per game, 48% on spot ups. Like he has a I'll I'll say this, like the the percentages do concern me a little bit. He had a very Davion-esque jump in a way where basically he he has a big sample size, like two years of like really poor shooting, like low 30%, and all of a sudden jumping up to 45% in Davion's case, and in Jalen's case, shot 39% like this year on threes. Like, do you think he's going to be a good shooter?
1: I mean... I guess you could say it shows improvement from the previous two years, or thirty-two to thirty-nine. I mean, that's a pretty significant jump. Um, when it comes to the NBA, I, I mean, depends on what his usage is. I mean, he, he's got to know how to shoot, and I'm pretty sure he's going to maintain some of his shooting when he gets drafted. Do you ever take like, what, what would you
0: predict his percentage to be?
1: Oh, I, I want to say he'd be a good like thirty-seven percent.
0: I ha- I would have him at thirty-four, actually just because Mm -hmm. like, I just think he's going to struggle a little bit. I think right off the bat, um, like Davion, like I think what shot 30% last year, like it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And I just think it takes some time to adjust. And I think like a, we like such a high jump for one year is usually fluky and uh, not, not to say that he can't be a good shooter at the next level. He just might be. Um, I think Don, I think Donovan Mitchell had had a huge jump uh, in his rookie year or from his uh, college year to his rookie year. But, like, you know, I think he's going to be around a 34% shooter. Mm.
1: Yeah, which isn't too bad as well. But probably they're going to have to slim down the attempts, probably.
0: Uh, He will slim down the attempts. He will be mostly probably spot-up shooting, for better Mm. or worse, and then, like, you know, running some spot pick-and-roll duties. But, like, I think think he'll fit into an offense right away. He seems to be, like, he's so – he's such a skilled player. That mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, it's going to take some, it might take some time, but he will
1: figure it out. Oh yeah. He also has a pretty nice, uh, whatchamacallit, a bounce to him. I think they say what, 39 inch maximum vertical.
0: Which like isn't, isn't, you know, um, Shane Sharp's fabled 49 inch that has not been confirmed by anyone except for him. <laughs> but like, it, he's sneaky. And like, he's also crazy long, like 6'6 with a 7'2 wingspan. Like, yeah, he got up for some poster dunks. And like he's not exactly like, you know, Kyle Anderson by any means, like in terms of like speed and stuff. Like he can get up and he can like he can like if he gets a step on you, he can make some magic happen. Oh yeah. Um, in terms of his defense, uh, you mentioned it a little bit. Not great on that end, but not exactly bad. Mm-hmm. Like he's again crazy ridiculous long, seven two wingspan. Like he doesn't have great lateral quickness, but his his incredible length actually makes like ball handlers a little bit uncomfortable. Now in the NBA, he probably will not be able to guard ones. He's just not laterally quick enough, but like he can definitely guard twos two through fours and like, you know, for fours maybe like, you know, the, the, I guess the weaker fours, if you will, like a, a bit more beefier, like fours can probably bully him a little bit. But like again, he has crazy good length, and he's more than serviceable guarding wings.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he's got the idea down when it comes to defense, and I mean, positionally, he's pretty solid in most ways. It's just, uh, yeah, if you put a pretty quick guard on him, definitely he's gonna you know stumble at all.
0: But like you know, on switches, he he might be able to handle like a little bit. Like I don't think he's gonna be an absolute liability by any means. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last thing I just want to say, like you you mentioned his his name earlier, he does remind me a lot of Tyrese. Now, is he as good of a passer as Tyrese? Probably not, because Tyrese is a really good passer, mm-hmm. but he might have more offensive scoring ability than Tyrese did. Because Tyrese, for as good as he was, like, you know, he d- wasn't much of a threat to score, if that makes any sense. Like, he, you know, he has like a few signature moves, but, like, you break it down, like, he's just not a huge threat to score overall. He had, he had moments. But, like, yeah, mostly he was known for his incredible playmaking ability. And Jalen,
1: he's got some of that in him. Yeah. I mean, he could be, like, maybe the next Tyrese. I mean, we said about Tyrese's three-point shooting. I mean, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> but, or like the look of it looks terrible, but he, it goes in, it goes in and you never know with Jalen. I mean, he has a lot of upside on the offense. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, you know, does real well or, you know, develops into a, I would say borderline all-star in the near future.
0: Yeah, probably like right around the fringe all-star caliber type player, but like, yeah, I think although I think his three pointer, like in terms of just, but one of the issues with Tyrese's three pointer, he didn't take too many of them, and part of it is is because of the release and his you know hesitancy to take them, but like I think Jalen can be an off the triple threat, mm. and you know that can open up a lot for his game, and yeah, I mean it's just, he's I think he's if he if the Kings do end up like trading back, which is heavily rumored now. And like, if they somehow get two draft picks, use one of them on Jalen. I I love Jalen.
1: Mm. Let's see. He's projected mid, so probably in the 15s or above.
0: I think he's going to jump up. There, I just again, I don't see the reason why he's all the way down there. If he somehow lasts into the teens, you nab his ass if you have a, have a pick there.
1: Yeah, th- this guy looks like he's going to be a steal of the draft for sure.
0: Okay, uh, let's end the draft analysis with uh, Marjan Beauchamp. Now, Beauchamp is a 6'7 wing. Do you have his wingspan? I forgot to write it down. 7'1. Seven, 7'1 one. Seven, one wingspan. So, yes, very, very long. So, uh, we talked about how Jeremy Sohan is all about the defense. Well, Beauchamp is also all about the defense. Great on-ball defender. Really, like, active hands. Incredible length a real playmaker on the defensive end, great anticipation to get into pass lanes for steals, good helper and good rotations to blow up plays and get weak side blocks does gamble a little too much for my liking. And, you know, but it does lead to him making plays a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. And definitely those type of plays don't really show in the highlights and box scores either. And it, <laughs> I mean, there's not much to go off of really when it comes down to uh, highlights because it's mostly uh is this a G League uh type he, team? He is a G he is from the G League, correct. hmm mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh doesn't show like his true defense in a way, but I mean it's there, definitely.
0: Yeah. Like the on ball, like activity, just the crazy long arms, forcing guys into tough angles and tough spots. Like he, he's, he's a, he's probably going to be a difference maker on that end. And now right away in the NBA, I don't know, but he is a disruptor for sure.
1: Yeah. Very, very explosive guy. Definitely too.
0: Uh, In terms of his offense, he, he mostly like feasts off of transition again, like he forces a lot of steals and turnovers. he, He's really good at getting getting like getting runouts where he runs the floor really hard for easy baskets, but he's not just the guy that what I call holds down the right trigger uh on the yeah, holds down the right trigger on the controller like in NBA 2K. He's actually kind of tricky in transition. He has, you know, spin moves, jump stops and pivots. Like he he's a guy that definitely it, again, is very tricky uh, in terms of how he attacks on in transition, uh, like he's not one-dimensional. He he can be he, he can like attack under control. Like if he doesn't really have an angle, he'll he will, like attack it a little bit more carefully. He's definitely a lot more calculated than what I would expect for, a, for such a raw like ta- offensive talent.
1: Hmm. Now, in my opinion, when watching Bo Champ, um, kind of reminds me of a kind of a Metu-like player in a way. Or some someone that I kind of expect Metu to become. I guess you could say
0: we'll get into like his overall offensive game, but I think his defensive de- defensive ability is better than Metu's. But maybe like he'll end up looking like Metu at the next level, just because like the athletes are so much better. But like I think he, I think his wingspan and just his athletic ability, again, but mostly his length and just instinct on the defensive end is uh, better than what uh, Metu provides on that end. Mm-hmm. um no, like so i'm not sure if this is anything to, anything to really go off of but he does have good feel for like actually when to leak out instead of just cherry picking um in the half court he's got great feel for cutting in the half court great spatial awareness and a certain level of patience waiting for the like waiting for the perfect moment to cut waiting for like the you know the, the exact like when the play actually kind of develops as opposed to just kind of almost blindly cutting to a certain degree. So like that's his main offensive tool on the, in the half court currently.
1: Yeah. Other than that, I mean, that's pretty much really it. Right. (laughs) Doesn't really have much of a floater or, you know, shooting game, but he's a really, like I said, really good cutter. Like (laughs) Matt.
0: He did finish at a 65% rate, which is pretty decent. Um, The the other part of his offensive game like that is somewhat effective is his offensive boards. He he crashes the offensive boards and like, you know, makes a difference uh, on that end. And like he is a guy that like with his hustle and just crazy good motor will make winning plays. And like, you know, we it's shown that in the right situation, like a Warriors team that, you know, just needs defense and just needs like guys who just play hard like a Gary Payton. There's a role for those kinds of guys out there now on the Kings. That's a different story, but like it, the prototype is there for a guy that simply plays hard and just, you know, makes winning plays.
1: Mm, yeah, that is for sure.
0: Um, So here's what I as you just mentioned. He's probably he's not really a creator and he doesn't have much to his offensive game. I think that is true currently. What I how I describe him, and I just heard this phrase from uh Danny LaRue and Nate Duncan, and shout out to Hoop Intellect for getting into, dunked on, into the Dunked and the dunk Dawn podcast. Like, that's that's pretty big time, in my opinion. Like, you know, that's like D- Nate Duncan is a big media guy uh in the MB- in the NBA circle. So, like, you know, congratulations to Hoop Intellect. But like uh Danny LaRue coined the term. If you freeze the frame at the moment that you know, Bochamp uh takes takes a shot, or like is about to shoot the ball. It he, you would have think he was a, he's one of the best players in the draft. The issue is once you once you kind of press play, most of those shots end up getting blocked. He ends up getting stripped. He ends up you know breaking the shot. But the point I'm trying to bring up is that everything up until the shot, and even the shot itself, it's all very pretty stuff. It's all very pretty stuff. It's just that the end result leaves a lot to be desired.
1: Hmm. That's pretty interesting. So you're saying maybe if he's a lot more open or. Well, what I mean is like, if he can like, if he, you know, you know, uh, improves his
0: handle improves just his shot overall improves, like, you know, his decision-making not to take a shot when a dude's all up in your face. I don't know what the Mm -hmm. hell that was. And just. Like I think the handle's really nice. The shot looks really pretty and like everything, the process is there. The issue is finishing the shot.
1: Hmm. I see. Uh, I mean, I guess depending on the system, because I mean, I don't know how the G league or his team uh, works on their system, but I guess depending on the system and as long as he's comfortable, I mean, he, he could make as many shots as he could. It's just numbers are numbers are also a thing. So I don't know like how good, uh, how much of an improvement he would be compared to his you know draft analysis.
0: Well, like again, in the right system, like let's just say you replace you replace him with Gar- you replace Gary Payton, just slot him into the Gary Payton role in the Warriors. I think he hmm. would be able to find a role. Hmm. He probably won't be as good as Gary Payton because Gary Payton is like twenty six. He knows how to play. And I, I think it would take a few years, but like he that is his template right there, I think. Just a guy that plays hard, makes winning plays. Now, I don't know if he would ever get a chance to really develop his on ball game with the Warriors, but like, I just feel there's a lot there. Again, the only issue is is that the shot simply does not go down or he gets stripped or blocked. Everything leading up to it is very, very intriguing to me.
1: Hmm. Very interesting. Now, would you be the one that would trade down for him out of all these other guys?
0: Remember what I just said, like, if you can somehow get two draft picks, like in the teens, Mm -hmm. or like, I think you can even maybe even sneak him into the second round even. But like, if you can get two draft picks, like first round draft picks, I would take a chance on Mm Bochamp and like draft a guy like Jalen Williams along with it.
1: Now, now that you mentioned draft picks, I totally forgot if we had a second rounder.
0: We have two second rounders.
1: Oh, two. Which and is I remember
0: our, right, it's the thirty seventh and forty fifth. And no one's in the forties.
1: Hmm, that's uh, I'd say that's a little tough, in my opinion, to uh, get someone you know from what we reviewed up to now in that kind of numbers.
0: Love for the love of God, just just please draft a Wayne. I don't care. Just draft a Wayne. We need some Waynes. But uh, yeah, uh, he's a he, Bochamp is a very intriguing prospect to me. Again, very raw, and you just don't know like how he'll develop. But he's a guy would we'll take take a chance on as much as like people like to take a chance on a guy like Shane Sharp. Right? I think all I think these guys are almost a safer pick to a certain degree because like in order to get Sharp, you need to be in the you need to be in the lottery, and he all he, he ultimately might not be worth a lottery pick.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I guess we shall see.
0: But, like, you know, these guys, like, if they're they're at the end of the lottery, like, when you're in the 20s, if you pick these guys up, like, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's, it's the 20th pick. Who cares? Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you do, but if you hit on them, you just hit, you just struck yourself some gold.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's still a bunch of what <laughs> is.
0: I came up with a funny analogy. Granted, it doesn't really fit with every draft pick but i was like thinking of like someone like say drafting shane sharp over jaden ivy or like you know drafting jaden ivy and trading away De'Aaron fox this is the analogy i came up
1: with oh, were you okay. were
0: you a were you a watcher a family guy back in the day i mean of course do you remember the episode where I, I i forgot what the ultimate episode like the episode was about but there was a scene in there where um they basically the griffins win some sort of or like they get invited to a raffle, and they have a chance. They have a choice between picking between winning a boat or winning a mystery box. Do you remember that episode? Uh,
1: yes, I do.
0: So like, uh, what I what I always think about like when people say like, "Oh, Jane and Ivy could be the next in Fox." Well, like you're 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 basically in the lottery because you want a boat, but you already have. But you have the choice of have, picking the boat already or like you already have the boat in this analogy, but instead, but what about this mystery box? This mystery box can be anything. It could even be a boat.
1: Mm. So, so
0: the, the analogy I'm trying to make is that we might already have a boat, but the, but the mystery box, man, Yeah. it, it, it could, it could be a boat. It could, or it could be absolute shit, or it could be a fucking
1: plane. Now, You think the Kings are willing to take risks at this point? I mean, I think they
0: should. Honestly, I don't know Mm -hmm. if Jaden Ivey is that risk. Like honestly, to a certain, I know I just made the analogy of how picking the mystery box is kind of stupid. I would roll the dice on Shaden Sharp. Honestly, (laughs) I'm actually one of those guys. I'm not KC levels of like, oh, he. I think he's going to be a superstar. I wouldn't bet on it. He 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 might. He might not. But at the same time, like, I think the Kings have to take a swing at some point. I think they just need to take an even bigger swing to get, to land a star. I don't know if Jaden Ivey is that guy. But, like, if you can get, get your hands on Paolo or Chet, like, those are the guys I would definitely be so happy for the Kings to be able to get.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <sighs> but honestly, like, if you want to take a safer risk, Trading back for Jaden Jalen Williams, picking up a picking up trading back for Jalen Williams, maybe like another draft pick for a guy again like Bochamp. And then also adding like established veterans, like, you know, if you can somehow like get Jeremy Grant, for example, like let's not, let's not worry about the contract just yet. But like if you can get like Jeremy Grant on top of all that, now you might have a squad. Now you have like a lot of wings that you that could play. Like, now that's very interesting to me.
1: Oh, man. Those are all good, like, <laughs> potentials. But uh, as I always say, we, we're going to have to see because we're not the GMs. And to be honest, at, at this point, there's a lot of good choices out there that we could pick from.
0: And also, don't listen to what well, We're going to go over the news in a bit. But just take everything that we say, that you see on Twitter, that you see from, you know, the, the insiders. Take it, take everything with a grain of salt.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. All right, let's uh let, let's move on uh to King's news. Or you know, I just put other news because there, there's more. Um, so uh Kings are apparently actually like like we've talked about we like we've kind of guessed that the Kings were gonna be in talks with uh the Hawks about John Collins, but apparently there are conversations going on behind the scenes. They are actually in talks with uh, the Hawks about John Collins, and they're talking about a package that does not center that does not include our draft pick.
1: Mm. Now that's interesting. Is like, who are we going to give up then? Uh, I am the going to be very
0: I am going to be very sad if it does involve Barnes because I feel like I feel like if you can add like Collins and not trade Barnes, that's a great trade. Mm. It, it can still be a good trade if it included Barnes, but like. In the most optimal world, I want to keep Barnes, if possible.
1: Yeah, sadly, it might have to because, I mean, what other people do we have? We have, I mean, Rashawn, that's probably our next big asset that we're willing to trade.
0: Yeah, and that th- like that and some other guys probably.
1: Yeah, but in my mind, it, it cannot work out unless we do have to trade Barnes.
0: Yeah, that will have to be tricky. But like if you can do it, that'd be great. And if the pick is oh, not yeah. involved, like that, that's interesting to me.
1: That's like, even better.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're gonna like do a, a protective pick next year or something like that. But like if this if the fourth pick isn't involved, like there's a lot of possibilities there. Like, like what would you think? Would do you think this makes it better if like let's just say we do trade Barnes, but you somehow get back like Kevin Herter as well.
1: Oh. I'd be pretty happy with that. Kevin Herter and John Collins and maybe someone else.
0: Yeah, because the Hawks are trying to shit salary right now. And the Kings have $40 million in expiring
1: contracts. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind uh, it one bit. Uh, That, you know, adds a lot of depth in that area with uh, Collins and Herter. Um, I guess now let's see. Eh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there's... Desiccades, there's a lot more possibilities than we had uh, you know in the beginning of last season to be honest
0: um okay moving on from that uh so just a word about the the number four pick or maybe it's going to be traded to other picks but uh Monty McNair will have final say on the pick they're they're like exploring all options the front office but ultimately Monty McNair will have the final say on the pick whatever that's worth
1: well, that's good. <laughs> I'd rather have them have the final say, to be honest. Okay. Um. So, what's what? What are they called? So, but basically,
0: the uh, and the the guy, the players that are involved in this year's draft. They finally had interviews, like Zoom uh, interviews it, with the media, mm-hmm. and a lot of the media kind of asked, like, "Oh, who have you worked out for? Like, what is your, who do you what do you think of you know your fit with this team, this team, and that and that team?" Well, they finally had that and. We finally got some, got to talk to, uh, like you know, and, and nationally. I guess we finally got to like, as a public, like talk to these players, like about like who's like you know who they've worked out for, who they've been inter- or who, like they they want to be or like who they would like to be drafted by, and blah 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 like that, right? So there are a few notes uh, that I took from primarily from James Hams's Twitter account. Uh, Jabari Smith has not spoken to the Kings at all. Apparently the only two teams he's worked for are Orlando and Oklahoma city. I believe. Oh, I don't know. That's... if He's actually worked out for Oklahoma city. I he, I know he worked out for two teams.
1: Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's too bad, I guess, but Hey, i mean if he had his mindset in other places i mean go for it i guess well the likelihood of
0: him dropping the four is very very unlikely
1: to be yeah so like yeah. I, it kind of makes
0: sense interesting tidbit uh his mom used to be on the monarchs really and his dad used to be on the kings
1: oh my goodness
0: <laughs> there's a connection there it's just a little disappointing that at least he didn't kind of come and check it out, check out Sacramento. I mean, granted, yeah. I don't think he's going to get drafted. I just know when he drops the four. So that's probably why. But like, you know, at least do the marketing campaign a little bit. But, I don't I don't know.
1: Yeah, like well, you never know if we trade up. I mean, just, uh, the possibilities are endless. You could, yeah, somehow end up with the second pick to Sacramento. <laughs>
0: uh, Chet uh while he didn't really say like that he worked with uh that he worked out for sacramento he was actually pretty secretive about that apparently Mm -hmm. like just about who he worked out with and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. when he was asked about it he believes that the kings are a good organization with a bright future i'm sorry check your eyes but um (laughs) says he he does like the fit next to sabonis and he brought up the idea that i forgot that sabonis is from gonzaga
1: that is right. Yeah, I remember hearing that what was it? It was really only like a minute tidbit about uh him and potentially about the kings. But yeah. Well,
0: it seems like he has a fondness for the kings, at least it seems like. At least like at least he's the only guy to actually say it. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. I mean. Not about the bright future that we might have, but yeah, you you never know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you never know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, let's jump to Jaden Jay Ivey. Like, Jay Ivey said he's, he's had no contact with the Kings
1: <laughs> and says
0: he'll just stick with wherever the hell he's trapped, essentially.
1: Man, that's – ain't that wonderful.
0: I mean, it, it is whatever. And, like, it's not – at least from what he said and, you know, take it with a of salt. He says it's not like that he tried to avoid them or anything. It's just that he never really got a chance to talk to them. It just kind of worked out that way. So mm. yeah. I, you can't see me right now. I'm shrugging, but it's like, okay, <laughs>
1: whatever. Yeah, it's Monty's final call. If you, if you if we get pick you, we pick you.
0: <laughs> um okay. Uh, well, one guy that apparently that has there's just more and more rumors about like the likelihood of him getting drafted by the kings is rising by the minute like Keegan Murray. Um, I don't, I want to say he did work out with the Kings. What One of the only top like draft picks that did work out with with us. The other one is uh Jeremy Sohan and Dyson Daniels was supposed to be here, but uh, ended up kind of just not coming for some reason. I forgot. I think last minute. Um, hmm. but yes, Keegan Murray came to Sacramento and apparently like, I I'm pretty sure how to work out. I don't have it in my note here, but I'm pretty sure he did because he he apparently dined with Fox and Sabonis here.
1: Oh, interesting! Did they say what restaurant?
0: <laughs> they, uh, I didn't read that far into it. Oh, okay, <laughs> I didn't want stalkers there. So
1: yeah, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's actually probably one of the first times I ever heard a uh, you know actual NBA players dining with uh, potential draftees.
0: Yeah, I mean, like uh, everything about Keegan Murray sounds great. There are some stuff that I don't love about it in, in that he's just, he's a very safe pick. He's very Harrison Barnes-esque, but also doesn't seem to have the upside. We don't know about that, but like the, the story on him is that he has very limited upside. And the stuff that you would think he's good at, he might not be as good at. Like he's not a g- amazing defender by any means. He's not probably not the great, he, he's like, she shot 39% from three, I think, but like he's not really gonna, probably not gonna shoot that like consistently. But like he seems to be a good character guy, and like I wouldn't hate the pick, I wouldn't love the pick. I'll just say that hmm. at four. I mean, if you trade back for him, oh that's amazing. If you trade honestly, if you just trade trade back and and just like draft him at number five, that's great. Number four, no.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what we're getting back for. Let's see, who who's that? Oh, who has the fifth pick? Uh, Detroit. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know (laughs) who can Detroit give us with that fifth pick.
0: I mean, like they they could give us Keegan Murray and, you know, uh, Jeremy Grant. Some people have brought up Sadiq Bey. I don't see it just because like that. Why would Detroit do that?
1: Yeah, why would they?
0: (laughs) Unless they they really love Jaden Ivey, which I don't love Jaden Ivey like that. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure they'll try and talk us into Killian Hayes, which maybe. But like, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, shoot. I wish they traded Sadiq Bay when we had Marvin Bagley.
0: Who's on the Pistons now?
1: I know who's on. How
0: how things have worked out, right?
1: No, yeah, they got the two for one.
0: Yeah, so I I don't know. Like again, as long as he's not the number four pick, I'm cool with. But like, yeah, I I have to listen to way too much James Ham, and like just. James Hammond, uh in 1320. I'm kind of sour on Keegan Murray, even though he would be a perfectly fine pick.
1: Mm. Yeah, we shall see.
0: Uh Tari Easton had he's he he said that he has spoken to the Kings at the combine and and he's actually had contact with them since and about how he's uh how he'll fit as a wing defender for the team. And but he has not worked out for the team. Um, just to quickly kind of breeze through some of these AJ Griffin did meet with the Kings of and his pro day with the CAA and the oh. same one that, um, that Jay Ivey was at, but hasn't been in contact with the Kings since again, I'm shrugging, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Davis, one of my favorite, like sleeper picks. Uh, he hasn't had any contact with the Kings, which makes me very sad.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I love Johnny Davis, man. Like I, him and Jalen Williams are, are like I love those two so much
1: well he got a Taco
0: Bell commercial man
1: did he oh, oh he did oh I, I did see it actually I totally uh, forgot that he had one oh, geez no I did see it it was the draft one right
0: yes it is the draft mm-hmm.
1: one Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: but yeah, I'm disappointed that. Well, like he also did say, like, oh, if he gets drafted, he gets drafted there. He he's okay with it because, like, you know, number four pick that that comes with some that comes with a cachet, you know.
1: Hmm. Man, yeah. <laughs> a lot of negativity in this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I
0: don't I wouldn't call it negativity as more of just a bunch of guys that just for whatever reason have not have not worked out, and it's not exactly on the players either. Like some of the players, they—I'm pretty sure—they wouldn't mind working out for Sacramento for, but for whatever reason, it feels like the Kings haven't reached out to to work out a bunch of guys. If that makes any sense, and the guys that they have reached out, they've kind of kept in secret. There's been a lot of second round picks and like maybe late, like late first rounders that they've brought in, but like for whatever reason, not much movement. Uh, like not much news about between like the Kings and the lottery picks, the guys that you would think would go at number four
1: huh well projects possibly a trade uh when uh the draft comes in huh
0: yeah so we'll see um this is just a random one it's it, i don't honestly this is like one is not like the other mark williams a, one of the centers apparently a nine foot like a like a nine, point some, nine foot something standing reach seven five wingspan or something like that it's insane as what his measurements are Jeez. uh has not met with the kings Wait, I I don't blame him. But again, that was just a tidbit that I decided to just add in there.
1: Oh, are we supposed to be concerned about that?
0: I mean, I guess we're not drafting a center. Whatever that's worth.
1: Yay. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. So I I just, I just thought that was
1: interesting. Hey, maybe we'll we'll draft more guards. (laughs)
0: we just might and like yeah you might jinx that one i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) again they drafted davion last year and like, i didn't love the pick at the time but it's just they drafted another guard and you know but you know god god forbid drafted a small guard like you know i like i I, if they draft Jalen williams i'm gonna be so happy if they draft johnny davis i'm gonna be very happy you know but those are trade back guys so and like that, those are the guys they've been kind of aiming at. Like Tari Eason is going to be a mid lottery kind of guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this turns out. It's been a weird drafting, it's been a weird draft process for the Kings. And it's going to be a long f- three days until the draft. <laughs> I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. And hopefully I could catch it because it's during work, sadly. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I can catch it because I start work earlier. So. Yeah, I get off earlier.
1: All right. Yeah, so... Go ahead, sir. Oh, no, so that's pretty much all the guys that pretty much potentially talked or did not There are
0: some more. um, uh, There was something about Benedict Matherin that I didn't write down, sorry, but yeah,
1: um, so. Sure. There's
0: other stuff, but those are the ones that caught my eye for sure.
1: Hmm, interesting indeed, but yeah, (laughs) I mean, Nothing to fret against or nothing to worry about, really.
0: Yeah, honestly, let's just wait until the draft comes. There's going to be just a lot of waste, wasteful noise, just a lot of, again, a lot of smoke screens up until the draft. And just don't take too much stock into anything mm-hmm. from now until the draft. The oh, draft yeah. will happen and it will be over. Okay, uh, let's move on to our final topic. Warriors, uh, win the title on Thursday night in Boston in game six, they, they, the Boston Celtics came out hot. They, I think they got off to a 14 and four like start, but then the Warriors warriors basically, and just kind of, and just basically, sl- sl- I guess kind of qu- quickly chipped into that lead and took the lead, um, after the first quarter, um, that the, the turning point I, I felt for the game. And for the series, was when Draymond Green hit that corner three. Once he (laughs) hit that corner three, I was like, this is over. Because that is never a good sign for the other team.
1: Oh, yeah. He was like two for four at that point. Uh, And yeah, I mean, let me check his three point shooting night. He, I mean, two Two for for five. Two
0: for three, two for five. My bad. I know he hit two. Yeah.
1: He hit two uh, in the early first half, I believe.
0: No, the the second one was in the second half. And like, uh, ironically enough, that kind of killed another run from the
1: Celtics.
0: (laughs) When he hits threes, it's just not a good thing. I remember when when the Kings played him and Draymond hit a three to open the game. I knew that we were in for that game. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things. But yes, he, he he hit threes. He stopped some runs. Or like he he sparked a run and the the Warriors basically never really looked back. The Celtics kind of threatened, like they got within like single digits a few times, but like the Warriors just like were more than ready to match any of that. Again, with Draymond Green hitting threes, there was even one like late in the third quarter. It wasn't even a three, but it was a mid range, like from the top of the key, where Robert Williams is sagging off of him and he hits it and tells the crowd to quiet down and, again, that was kind of when you just knew this, this shit was over.
1: Mm, oh, yeah. Pretty much almost everyone hit uh, more than two frees in the Warriors, you know, besides Looney and Gary Payne and Andre, who surprisingly made an appearance in uh, the last, uh, whatchamacallit, minute in the fourth quarter.
0: One of the most disappointing things that you've ever done to me is that you said, oh wait, wait, because you were actually watching the live broadcast. I was watching the the uh, ESPN feed and the uh, live in the live broadcast um has basically it's basically way quicker, it's way ahead of my broadcast. Yeah, yeah. And you were like saying, Oh, oh you're gonna you're gonna love this. And mm. then I and I was just watching, and I was watching, and then I saw Andre Godala checking and I thought nothing of it. And then I was like, wait, what happened? Wait, you didn't see Andre checking? And I said, why would I care? <laughs> why the fuck would I care?
1: Hey, this might be the last time Andre ever checks into a finals game. It
0: probably will be, but why do I care? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh... what, what, what does
0: Andre Wadala mean to me that I don't know about? <laughs>
1: hey, this is this is his only minute in the finals, or right? Pretty much in the he played in the first,
0: he played in the first game, but he, d- he, uh, he played terrible basically. Mm. But uh, yeah, this one will be his last, uh, his last minutes on the NBA court. And he he's done. Like they were thinking like, Oh, we're going to rest up Andre and like keep him for the playoffs. And then like, he didn't play much of the regular season and then playoffs came around and he was injured. Like he he's, he's done. And like, but he has a lot of value to the Warriors in that he is basically an assistant coach. Like he, mm. like last year, not having him like was so detrimental because like the, Draymond and Steph couldn't like play be on the court and also coach on the sidelines. Like the, the Warrior system is so complicated and so complex. Like it is probably the most complex system in the in the NBA. And you just, they, and with a bunch of young guys who just don't have a lot of experience, it can be very tough to understand how to run the Warriors offense. And one of the reasons why the Warriors were so much better this year is because they had Andre on the sideline, you know, g- you know telling Jordan Poole, like, what you need to do and like, you know, and what the right thing is to do. And also to keep him in check, because Jordan Poole is a wild man behind the scenes, by the way, um, mm. like teaching Kaminga how to play the right way. And, you know, like Andre is, is an assistant coach on the side and maybe he, maybe he does retire or maybe he doesn't, but if he's, if he actually plans to stick it out for another year, like they can't really replace him. If that makes any sense.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he pretty much has the role as if, uh, what's his name on the Miami heat.
0: U- Udonis Haslam. Yeah.
1: He, he pretty much has that role and it's a pretty big role being that kind of vet for, the young guys, because they have a lot of young guys in the Warriors now. Uh, you know, like you said, <laughs> the Warriors shouldn't have uh gone this far with this kind of team.
0: And yes, yeah, so let, let, let's get to that point. This shit ain't fair, man. Like, you know, ironically, they did what, what the Celtics couldn't do with Kai Ky- with the Kyrie Celtics. Because remember, if you look back at that Celtics team, you're you're looking at Kyrie. You're looking at prime Al Horford. You're looking at a kind of hobbled Gordon Hayward. But you also had, you know, J- Jason, Tate, a young Jason Tatum. You had a Terry Rozier, I guess. Terry Rozier, I guess. <laughs> um, who, who else was on? Who was the center on that team? Was it Al Horford? There was another guy, I believe.
1: Did you say Brown?
0: I was going to say, because Jalen Brown came off the bench. Mm. Then, so I didn't really count him. So they had Marcus Smart. They coming off the bench. They had a young Jalen Brown coming off the bench. That is like, I don't even remember what their, who their center is. My mind is blanky. That's a stacked ass team, right? And yeah. the Celtics tried to do what the Warriors are doing right now. They tried to develop and win at the same time. Now, granted, they won in the regular season, but they couldn't win in the playoffs, par mostly because Kyrie decided to throw the game. <laughs> but at the same time, the point stands is that They the Celtics should have traded Tatum and Brown at that at that time for Jimmy Butler and Paul George.
1: Hmm. (laughs) That's what
0: they would have had to done to win a championship. Now, granted, that might not have mattered because like Kyrie Irving was having some weird emotional breakdown and just threw the game. But like, that's what you need to do to win a championship, and that's what Stephen Draymond wanted. They said, "Fuck these." (laughs) Well, they didn't. They probably didn't say, "Fuck these young guys." Like, hey, you mind training them for someone good? Like, hey, Bradley Beal, so anybody? Like, you know, Bradley Beal before he signed the extension, Giannis Antetokounmpo, like that maybe that was a possibility at some point. They wanted bets. and instead the Warriors stay pat and they decide to keep these young guys, and one only one of which ended up playing. James Wiseman is still injured. Uh, John Kaminga barely played this series, but it didn't matter. They still fucking won, and that shit ain't fair.
1: Yeah, it's one. It's probably going to be probably uh, their best title run out of all four of them. You think?
0: I think so. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just because, like, the talent level, like, you had a hobbled clay coming back, and like Draymond just is just one of the worst offensive players. (laughs) Like, he's a great passer, great passer. Like, he's probably like Jeremy Sohan is kind of like going to want to become Draymond at some point. But Jesus Christ, the motherfucker can't finish for shit. And then, like, Kavon Looney isn't exactly much better. Granted, does everything else well. But, like, it, it's not a talent written team. And, like, Steph Curry had to create everything because Jordan Poole was missing for a lot of the series.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too bad we didn't get to see Game 6 Quay either. But other than that, I mean, it, it was a pretty good team effort uh, aside from, you know, Stephen Curry pretty much doing most of the work.
0: And let's not forget Andrew Wiggins, like the the redemption of Andrew Wiggins from Mm -hmm. becoming just a bad, a good stats, bad team kind of guy to becoming a championship worthy player. And to think that they traded away D'Angelo Russell for him and Jonathan Kaminga and the Wolves can't wait to move off of D'Angelo Russell at this point. Talk about one of the greatest trades of all time, right
1: there. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah they're definitely rowing under graves right now and and you know what's even worse they arguably could be better next year with mm-hmm. you know like let let well
0: we'll have right. to see what wiseman is Kaminga will be better yeah. jordan Poole is probably going to be better but we even forgot to mention it. moses moody is already like kind of an old vet already they just didn't play him this this series because he's just too young but like he's going to be better and then like Pro- provided like steph probably will take a tiny step back draymond could fall off a cliff at any point but clay's gonna be better and like mm-hmm. they're gonna be better they're probably gonna end up being better next year mm-hmm. and again that's ain't fair
1: yeah definitely gonna make a run for the finals again i wouldn't be surprised
0: i i, I will have them a ch- championship favorites next year hmm unless you really believe in the lakers but uh Uh. just kidding or they might get Kyrie for all we know that's in the reports i mean that's a fucking pipe dream but sure
1: also new york
0: Mm. apparently the clippers now that's interesting if the clippers can swing something now granted that is a that is an unreliable big three that is as unreliable as a big three in terms of health as you can get i'll just say
1: Hey, but when all healthy, that'd be a pretty... Uh... When
0: has that fucking happened? <laughs> when have <laughs> they been fucking healthy? Kawhi's got a got a bad knee that's going to get worse. Paul George is never healthy. Kyrie doesn't even want to play when, when he is is healthy. And then let's not forget, he's not exactly healthy all the time either anyways.
1: Uh, when man. has
0: that ever fucking
1: happened? But yeah. If only, if only.
0: Um. La- last thing I want to do, shout out to Belly. Like you know, the the Kings kind of did him a little dirty. He like the Warriors were a perfect fit for him. He held up against Jason Tatum pretty well this series. Like congratulations to him, and you know, congratulations, congratulations to him, NBA champion.
1: Oh yeah, definitely Jason Tatum from this series felt like he was uh, he was guarded against real well. Definitely gained those doubles, and I don't they- think he got. I don't think he scored
0: once on Belly, which is pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, yeah, without his uh, three-point shot, like you said. Oh, he didn't make – I don't
0: think he made any threes, but, like, he he was was fine defensively, and, like, he contributed. I'll just say Mm -hmm. that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, that's all I have left on my – oh, actually, I lied. I do have something else on my docket before we we end this podcast. Uh, One more shout-out to Grant Williams for actually giving Guillermo $20. Like (laughs) – I, I do remember <laughs> hating him just because like he i don't know just like something about how how i guess his attitude and just you know his something about his face too i don't know it's just got of but kind of brings a lot of hate out of me but anyways really nice guy shout out to them for giving guillermo the only one to actually give guillermo his 20 dollars.
1: yeah i mean that would to be honest that was a fixed uh what do they call it
0: uh, magic eight ball
1: magic basketball i don't
0: know yeah whatever the hell that is but yeah shout out to him shout out to him for having a great sense of humor and just yeah shout out just all around nice guy Uh, um okay uh last thing on my on my uh sheet for topics so i just want to quickly mention the uh, vince mcmahon lawsuit that's going on right now basically the i believe it's the wwe board is suing vince mcmahon I believe it is the, basically the idea is that Vince McMahon, uh, got in trouble. Basically it was, uh, discovered there was an investigation that happened that basically he paid, uh, $3 million to a former WWE attorney of which he had an affair with. And, uh, apparently he, he gave her raises that were basically not allowed because, Like, normally you can do that with your own money, but because he gave her raises um, out of company money, that's where the conflict of interest, I guess, uh, occurs. And he has had to temporarily step down as CEO. Um, And uh, Stephanie McMahon, who just left, I think, just a few weeks ago, is now the interim CEO of WWE. Um, What are your thoughts after hearing that?
1: Interesting. Now, I don't think this will be a permanent stay away from Vince, from the company, to be honest. I feel like he's going to come back sometime in the near future.
0: Oh, no, he's been on TV lately.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah? He's still on TV? Well, he
0: he just randomly showed up on Friday Night SmackDown, opened the show, and then just left. And apparently he came on Monday Night. I haven't seen Monday Night Raw today, but um, apparently he was on Monday Night Raw, too.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, how long do you think until uh, he actually, you know, fully comes back?
0: Well, I don't think he's leaving.
1: <laughs> I think
0: he's stay- he's staying. He's gonna run the show until he's fucking dead, yeah. basically.
1: You think Stephanie's gonna be the figurehead and Vince is gonna be the one calling the shots still?
0: Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I have uh, no expectation of. Vince ever stepping away from what is basically an unhealthy, it basically is almost like the business version of crack addiction. Um, he can't step away. He has to work. He can't, he can't, you know, fathom taking a break. And unfortunately the company will keep suffering because of it. And honestly, this doesn't really damaged the company like a lot of people kind of got up in arms about just how unethical this is how there's no accountability motherfucker you just like you just start following this company there hasn't been accountability for a while it's one it's one it's a one-man run show for the most part and yeah there's no one to hold him accountable for because wwe is the big is the big guy in town the big guy it, it, it's so basically it's too big to fail basically right now mm-hmm. and this isn't going to take him down i don't think
1: yeah yeah i doubt the loss is going to be that much money anyway too
0: yeah well the thing is like he can't be on the board anymore like i, for, I forget the details mm-hmm. now that i know that i'm talking about it but, but the point is it might take him down he's still going to run wwe it yeah. doesn't matter i don't think
1: yeah and by not that much money i mean Vince has the money <laughs> to, you know, fight this. And yeah, it, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he does all this in the behind.
0: I don't know. Uh, that, that was kind of my thought, honestly. Like, again, like, the, sure, the, the ethical stuff, not great. Come on. Who who gives a shit? <laughs> like, it, it, again, no one's there to hold him accountable. And, like, it's it, that's just how it's been. Like, I, I have no real... Were expectations of this actually being able to take him down. He will run this company into the ground until he's in the ground.
1: Yeah, uh, that is for sure.
0: Okay. Oh, oh yeah, one more thing. I mean, this is a weird transition, but uh, yeah, I did. I did want to mention Steph did cry. Did not realize he was kind of a pretty ugly crier.
1: I mean, hey, first finals MVP. I mean. Yeah, first finals MVP and pretty much like, I don't know, through all the hardships in the past, what, two years prior to the last uh, finals run? And arguably the
0: hardest title they've won. Like, honestly, like in terms – well, granted, their path wasn't that bad. I mean, it was like, what, like one six-game – yeah, two two, two, five-game series and two six-game series. Honestly, had the Celtics won this one, that would be one of the greatest playoff runs of all time like think about it you swept kd and Kyrie, two seven game series against two like you know crazy tough opponents and Giannis and Giannis's bucks granted without chris middleton miami miami with jimmy butler some tough sons of bitches and then to you know fall to what is a what is an all-time team in this golden state wars a dynasty like had had they won had they won this championship that would have been an incredible 18th championship
1: yeah that'd be crazy but some would
0: even say maybe the best maybe the best of the 18.
1: Mm. you think so <laughs> maybe
0: some of the birds ones but like but you know like the bill yeah. russell ones probably there's probably some good ones in there i don't know much about history it's the only one i've known and don't get me started on the 2008 one <laughs> like, come on,
1: <laughs> like, come on. Uh, yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah i mean like it, it's i mean it's unfortunate that the celtics had to you know fall at the hands of you know a, a dynasty but like yes it it, it was a long road to get back here for, for the Warriors. Like, sure. Like two, five game series, two, six game series, like all the injuries, all the hardships and just all the, all the random stuff in between. Like it, it, it's an, it is a, it is incredible like feat to get back here and to be able to, you know, finish it and to get Steph his you know, first finals MVP. It was all well-deserved.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: There was one more thing I wanted to talk about. It's not on my doc, so I think that's all I have for this uh, episode. Do you have anything
1: else? Yeah, I'm I'm getting I'm kind of running out of gas. I just you can uh, hear by my catchphrases and uh, I guess tone of voice. <laughs> so yeah, n- nothing much. Just uh, pretty excited for Thursday. Hope you guys had a good Father's Day and uh, Juneteenth. And I don't know. Do you have anything else?
0: I will just say, he. You.
1: Is there anything
0: else you can pull out of your ass other than farts?
1: <sighs> Sadly, no. That
0: was supposed to be a pun. God damn it. Okay. Well, oh, okay. Any. Well, anyways. <laughs> yes. Uh, on that uh, wet fart of an ending. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> you, you didn't laugh you didn't that's not a that's not a genuine laugh anyways uh on that uh note uh i am gonna end this because yes it has become a long episode it is getting late i need to get to bed and uh yeah thank you guys for listening to this one uh, we'll catch you guys um on the next one Probably on third, probably on Wednesday, because I want to do an episode before, right before the draft. So, oh, yeah,
1: really? Okay. <laughs> I, I, t-
0: I-, I talked to you about this.
1: Uh, to be honest, don't remember, but okay, uh, we'll see yeah, you guys. Fong not <laughs> listening to me? How? Uh, how surprising.
0: <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, was hoping for you to close that one out, oh, but that's okay, fine. Okay, okay, that's
1: okay. fine.
0: Uh, I can close it out. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll catch you guys on the next one. Oh, come on. That was another one. That was another one.
1: Okay, we'll see you guys later.